It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me, or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. I'm aware of the media reports. I'm aware that Congresswoman Waters was talking specifically about this trial and about the unacceptability of uh, anything less than a murder conviction and talk about being confrontational, but you can submit the press articles about that. This goes back to what I've been saying from the beginning. I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial branch and our function. I think if they want to give their opinions, they should do so in a respectful and in a manner that is consistent with their oath to the Constitution, to respect a co-equal branch of government. Their failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent. All right. Well, that's the voice of Judge Peter Cahill, who is now considering uh, what to do with Derek Chauvin uh, after the death of George uh, Floyd. We all know about this. You've heard it on the news. And the judge is now saying, Maxine Waters, the comments that she made may actually cause them have to retry the case. So it's a big dust-up, as it well should be. Uh, You may wonder what Maxine Waters said. Uh, We played it yesterday. Um, Let me just say, I'm going to paraphrase it. She said that she wants uh, a guilty plea. She wants him to be found guilty of first-degree murder, and anything less is not good enough. And if uh, he isn't declared guilty of first-degree murder, then they should, meaning the protesters, because she was with them. She came out from California to be with her fellow protesters, uh, they should stay on the streets and do whatever it takes. Basically, that's what she said. So now she's, um, the House is talking about censuring her, which is they play uh, an act where 51% or a little over 50% of the House members would vote to censure her. That's a punishment. And she would lose her committee chairmanship. I think she's a chairman of the banking committee, of all things. And so uh, that's possible. Nancy Pelosi's defending her. You're hearing this on the news, and I'm giving you the paraphrase because I know you'll hear it if you turn on the news. You can get more details about this. Uh, The case is uh, both the defense and the uh, prosecution have rested their cases, and now the jury is hearing, uh, is deliberating on the evidence that they presented. The attorney for Derek Chauvin uh, says that there there's reasonable there was reasonable force used by Derek Chauvin. He laid out his case. People that have been watching that case say that he did make it. He did make the case that George Floyd had so many medical problems and so many drug problems that lots of different things could have caused his death and not necessarily uh, Derek Chauvin's action, which was a police action that was used. It was a uh, a method that policemen have been taught. So I don't know uh, what's going to happen with that, but M- Minneapolis is. You know, locked down National Guard troops there. Two National Guard troops were shot at yesterday by protesters. And then you have people like, uh, you know, friends of uh, Maxine Waters, like Kim Brown, uh, going online. And this is what she had to say. Clip six. For the record, I support all that. I support them looting the the 
Dollar Tree. I support the looting of uh, what other did they loot? Uh, like the like the advanced auto parts. Um, I remember last year they t- looted Target. I support all that. Loot all that. Do you know why? Because black people and marginalized and oppressed people could loot every store in this whole country for 200 years. It would not even come close to the debt that America owes us. Tear all that up. Tear it up. Because really, that's the language. That's the only language this country understands. Well, so Kim Brown is just expressing in in a younger way and in a more contemporary way what Maxine Waters has been saying for years, even since the Rodney King fiasco in uh, California. Maxine has been calling for destruction and uh, just harping uh, on the the bad treatment of black men. And uh, listen, when I say that, I I have to give the caveat because it's important. There uh, there has been tremendous racial tensions in this country. And black men have been treated very badly by this country. The, the lynchings, the, the police, the, the fire hoses. I lived through that. I saw that. But I don't think that's the case anymore. There may be residual places of it. But now the young black men have been stirred to a frenzied, they just are frenzied. They're being whipped into a frenzy by people like Kim Brown and Maxine Waters. Irrationally, because a lot of black young men are now policemen, for heaven's sake. Uh, things have changed, but they don't want it to change because it gives them power. And because Maxine Waters, Marxist that she is, uh, remember she loved Fidel Castro and Cuba. Uh, so uh, she wants to stir up trouble. And I guess Kim um, the uh, Kim Brown that we just heard wants to do the same thing. So we need to pray for the people of um, Minnesota because they're under tremendous pressure. There are normal people. I saw a video yesterday of a guy just trying to get to his house. He's turning left. And here comes a bunch of Black Lives Matter uh, motorcyclists, and they blocked the street, wouldn't let him. His house was right down that street, and he ends up getting out of the car. He's so upset, and they're screaming Black Lives Matter, and um, he gets he ends up fighting with a couple of them, and the police come, and they arrest him. Yeah, so this is the kind of pressure and uh, irrationality that's ruling on the streets right now, and it's it's so dangerous. And I don't know why people are so happy about it. I saw uh, one video yesterday about uh, it was a black man in the streets of Washington, D.C., who saw some national, three or four National Guard troopers, and he, start, he comes up to them and starts screaming and pushing them. And uh, two different black men on the street try to stop him. One of them comes up to him and says, fight me, brother, fight me, take me on, fight me. Another guy comes and grabs the black man who's screaming at the and pushing the National Guard. He grabs him and pulls him away. He says, you're the reason we're in this trouble. We're, you're causing this trouble. And so you can see that there are, if I don't, if I need to say this, I will say it, that there are black Americans who see very clearly what's happening here. They're not down with this. They are our brothers and sisters. We are part of the same country. We have all worked to make this country, our parents have too, in different ways to work to make this country a wonderful, safe place to raise our children. And we are together, regardless of cover, color, in fighting back whatever this dysfunction and poison is that's spreading about the country. Anyway, um, I want to bring you some, some good news. Would you like some good news? I think you'd like some good news. Yesterday, Ron DeSantis signed a, uh, I forget what they call this law. It's um, 
It's the strongest anti-rioting, pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country, and there's just nothing even close. That's what Ron DeSantis said as he signed it. He said the law helps, uh, hopes to prevent violent riots by criminalizing violent or disorderly riots, obstructing roadways, destroying or toppling monuments, and harassing in public accommodations. It also prohibits state funding to local governments who defund the police, as well as allowing victims of a violent riot to sue local governments for crimes related to such uh, riots. And when he signed that, there were several law enforcement people beside him, This is in Florida. Of course, Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd weighed in on uh, the whole issue, and I thought you might be mildly amused by what he says. This is clip three. I've got something I want you to see. This is what we enjoy in Florida. This is the Florida we know and love. This is what our governor, our speaker, our president, this is what all these law enforcement officers and administrators and sheriffs and police chiefs and their officers do every day, they guarantee an environment where you can come here and have fun. Heck, you can even have more fun. Here's another picture. This is the Florida we know and love. We're a special place. And there are millions and millions of people who like to come here. And quite frankly, we like to have them here. So. We only want to share one thing as you move in hundreds a day. Welcome to Florida. But don't register to vote and vote the stupid way you did up north. You'll get what they got. (laughs) There's a reason that this place is fun. There's a reason why we have a 49-year low crime rate. And the same people that don't think we should have an anti-rioting bill or a rioting bill, or the same ones that think we ought to let more people out of prison. And where they're doing that, as the governor and our speakers have alluded to, crime goes up. But it's not just crime that goes up. Victimization goes up. The people in those states are hurt and killed, and their livelihoods changed, and their children are changed. All right, so his uh, his common sense feels kind of good. So that's what Florida just did, and Polk County Sheriff Grady Judge uh, Judd spoke pretty plainly uh, to uh, newcomers into the state of Florida, and I hope they're listening. Uh, I think a lot of states, you know, are receiving an influx of, you know, refugees from the northern states. It really, it's just dreadful what's happening in some of these states. We're going to talk at great length today, actually, about a couple of them, Wisconsin and Michigan, and we're going to do that in a second. I want to interject a couple of other stories, though. I told you that tomorrow I'm going to do a, an entire show on the, the aftermath of January 6th. Uh, so let me just drop in. Yesterday, uh, Officer Brian Sick, Sicknick, we've talked about him a lot. He is uh, the officer that uh, the New York Times denounced to us was beaten to death by Trump supporters in the Capitol uh, by a fire extinguisher. That was the first narrative. And then when that proved not to be true, because his parents said, oh, no, gee, he did not, no one hit him. That didn't happen. Well, then they had to find some other people to charge for the murder. They were desperate because it kind of ruined things for their narrative. And so they found these two people. They have a video of them using bear spray, and they insisted that by spraying Brian Sicknick with bear spray, uh, he died of a reaction to that. Well, the medical examiner came out yesterday saying, no, he did not get beaten by a fire extinguisher, and no, he did not get, die as a result of being sprayed with bear spray. He died of two strokes. 
Um, we don't know if he had a medical condition prior to that. Perhaps he did. His mother had come out and his family and made statements early on. Uh, it's a sad thing. Of course it's a sad thing that he died, but it was not related to incidents in that capital of assault on him. Uh, so how sad for the left that they have to now face the truth. That's pretty tough on them, I think. It's like Dracula with the cross. Oh, if you didn't see those old movies when you were a kid, then you wouldn't know. But to, all you had to do was throw, show up a, a throw up a cross, and Gra- Dracula would just kind of melt into a puddle. That's the way the old story went. And I feel like that's truth to the left now. You hold up the truth, and they melt into a puddle. They cannot stand the truth, or they resort to violence or name-calling because they certainly can't respond to it. I want to talk today a lot about what happened in the election of 2020. That's what we're going to focus on today. Uh, And I want to just start by pointing out that the Supreme Court rejected yesterday the last challenge to the Pennsylvania election rules. You remember that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, uh, on their own, illegally, because it was not uh, allowed by the Constitution, it was the only, only the legislature, uh, the Pennsylvania legislature that was allowed to make law when it comes to balloting. But the Supreme Court, which is very liberal in Pennsylvania, took it upon themselves to extend mail-in ballot uh, until reception. You could send them, and they could be received up to three days after the election, which was completely counter to Pennsylvania law. And that's just one of the many reasons there have been so many lawsuits there. But the, the Supreme Court decided yesterday they they couldn't they couldn't hear that one either. Just couldn't bring themselves to hearing that case. So thank you, Supreme Court, for your a hundred percent failure to do anything about what happened in twenty twenty. But I want to tell you that lots of other things are happening. There was a national poll that says that fifty one point two percent of American adults believe that fraud played a significant or very very significant role in Joe Biden's victory. And uh, if you adjust that for the general U.S. population, it looks like 64% believe fraud was significant or very significant in, in Joe Biden's victory. Americans feel like they're living in a fake reality. The counteroffensive is launching now. 80 cyber attacks flipped 2.2 million votes in five swing states, and 19 of those attacks can be attributed to enemy action out of China. This is coming from Patrick Byrne, the former CEO of Overstock. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about now what's happened in Michigan uh, since that you know they had that Antrim County dust up, which we're going to talk about in detail. What's happening because a lot of things have changed. Also, Arizona has now gotten permission to go back and audit 2.1 million ballots in the presidential election. It's incredible what's happening. Things are happening, and so you should know about that, right? Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us, and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us, and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community, and this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex attracted couple contact us, and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what, and they said, please. Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit inhisimage.movie. This is Pause to Pray. 
a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff. Mr. Klain oversees the White House staff, manages the President's daily schedule, and also serves as the President's gatekeeper for meetings. Matthew 23:11 reminds us of the importance of serving others. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Ron Klain as he oversees the staff and the schedule of the president. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the presidential prayer team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting Go Visit to the number 49596. Again, that's Go Visit to the number 49596. The ABC TV station in Salt Lake City is facing fierce condemnation after a reporter tracked down a paramedic who donated to the legal defense fund of Kyle Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse is the teenager accused of killing two protesters in Kenosha, Wisconsin last August. Thousands of people around the nation donated money to his defense fund, including a Utah paramedic. Now, look, I'm not going to name his name, but he did donate $10. Turns out somebody hacked into the donation site and exposed the names of everyone who gave money. So the ABC TV station sent a reporter to the paramedic's house with cameras rolling as if it was some sort of big crime story. The reporter said he wanted to get the paramedic side of the story. What story? Since when is it a crime to donate money to a legal defense fund? You know, this kind of nonsense is why people loathe reporters. For fair and balanced news, be sure to bookmark ToddStarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. The U.S. Supreme Court will not consider an appeal by Pennsylvania Republicans to challenge the state's handling of mail-in ballots during the 2020 election. State Republicans had wanted to argue that the state Supreme Court did not have the authority to allow mail-in ballots to be counted if they were received up to three days after Election Day. The Pennsylvania Department of State said about 10,000 mail-in ballots were received during that three-day window out of nearly 7 million ballots cast. So, in other words, nothing to see there. Uh, No big deal that the Supreme Court refused to hear the issue, not really. It was a very big deal. And it's, uh, you know, they have a 100% failure rate on this. Uh, you may remember that Justice Clarence Thomas, Thomas weighed in on this particular case. And one wonders, he said, I think, what the court is waiting for. Uh, they have to clarify. We've got, we have other elections in the future. And if uh, uh, the, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, for instance, has broken the law, we, we should sort of set the record straight before the next election, don't you think? That's basically what he said. 
So they have, a, you know, they, you know, it's 100 percent. It's amazing to me. Uh, now the Democrats are talking about stacking the court uh, and, the, and they're just uh, plowing through, I guess, to prove their, their wokeness. I'm not quite sure what's driving them. But you know what? Lots of things are happening in various states. And I wanted to bring you up to date this morning with our good friends. They've become good friends. Pat Kolbeck is the former Michigan State Senator. He's also a former aerospace engineer. It may still be for all I know. Uh, but that, that gives Pat uh, extra expertise when it comes to the details of what have what has happened with voting machines and all the all the um, things that may be above some of our pay grades to figure out, so Pat joins us this morning. Good morning, Pat. Hey, it's great to be with you, Sandy. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, let me also say right up front that Pat has this great site called Let'sFixStuff.org. So whatever we talk about today, you can find it at Let'sFixStuff.org. Dot org. Uh, Pat, before we get into the update on Michigan, you were with uh, uh, Mike Lindell yesterday, and he launched his new uh, social media site, which is Frank Frank something Frank Frank Speech Frank Speech. Yep. But, but, but yeah, but what happened? I mean, something he was attacked, right? Uh, uh, oh, virtually, immediately. But part of it was part of the intended rollout. Um, so they wanted to make sure that the phone numbers and the accounts that they got weren't just a bunch of bots. And so what he did is force everybody to pre-register, give their phone number, they can go off and test it out, and then check it out, then they'll go off and give you an account, you pop on in. So that's part of what happened. And, and, and you don't want to show all your, you don't want to turn all your cards face up when you're doing this, because then they come up with other attacks. So yeah, bottom line is, what Mike did yesterday was the first, um, if you will, counterattack against the folks who are trying to take over the 2020 election. And, and we're just pushing it via just free speech and the ability to get out the truth. And that's all we're trying to do. And so, so before we move on, because I want to talk, I'll talk about this longer on a different day. How, could people sign up? How could they do that? Just go to free, uh, frankspeech.com. It's going to take a while, I mean, a little bit for everything to, you know, go through its paces. So just be patient. I've got lots of comments on my Facebook page where people are saying, don't worry, we'll be there. Just we'll wait patiently. But people are desperate for an opportunity to have free speech again, get that First Amendment working again. Because right now, I'll tell you, it's, which gets to the heart of what we're going to talk about next, which is around Antrim County and some of the court cases, there's some amazing things happening. But because of the censorship and the bias that's happening in the media right now, we can't get the word out. So frankspeech.com is, is imperative. I agree with you completely, Pat. And I was just thinking, I knew that um, Mike Lindell was, um, uh, you know, uh, launching this yesterday, and yet I heard nothing in the news. Now, I'm not saying nothing was there, but I personally had trouble finding something about it. And so you're right. This is the idea. It's like it just mute. And this is what American Family Radio does. We are like a lone voice. I'm not the only one, but we are a a big lone voice uh, trying to fill in this gap. But I don't want to run out of time to talk about what's happening in Michigan because really stunning things are happening. So tell us. Absolutely. And you wouldn't know it because nobody's talking about it. So thank you, Sandy, for giving us the opportunity. So Attorney Massaferno, who I'm with right now, as a matter of fact, um, and his client, Bill Bailey, just a regular old citizen that said something's wrong in Antrim County. So for your listeners, don't recall. There was a vote split that happened around 7,000 votes in Antrim County. And uh, we had this ex- ex- official explanation that said it was human error. Well, I'm telling you, it wasn't human error. And Matt, in his brief a couple weeks ago on a Friday, in anticipation for a hearing that we had with before Judge Altenheimer, 13th Circuit Court in Michigan, um, revealed some bombshell evidence. Now, I don't know if you've seen Dr. Frank um, and his 
testimony in the uh, scientific proof documentary by Mike Lindell. But I, I know. I've, go ahead. Yeah. Well, what he demonstrates is that the voter turnout was manipulated by an algorithm, and that's one hundred percent. And that's it's not random turnout. You get the same percentage of each demographic turning out in every single county throughout an entire state. That 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 defies explanation. But the, the second thing that uh, and Matt included that Dr. Frank analysis in his brief to the court. The second thing that was earth shattering was. Whenever you go off and deploy an electronic voting system, you need to make sure that you have a certified software system that's been put in place. If you have non-certified software in there, that's grounds for decertification of the election. And it turns out, uh, an analysis that was done by Cyber Ninjas identified that there's indeed a non-certified software installed that allows for direct manipulation of the database. I know it sounds kind of geeky, but the bottom line is I can go off and skip ahead the answers that I want and modify the database to give everybody the answers that I want. And then you can go off and figure out the, uh, uh, the number of ballots you need of each type and work that back in afterwards. So they had non-certified software installed. For all the techies that are out there, it's called SQL Management Studio. It's something that never should have been installed, yet it was installed. And then the third big bombshell, you've all heard, there was no internet connection, right? Yes. Everybody keeps saying. Yep. Well, I'll tell you, there's one of the reasons it was a little difficult to detect. But there was a wireless chipset like um, embedded in the motherboard of the, one of the election computers. And uh, what does that mean? Essentially, it means that you put a smartphone on the inside of the computer chassis. So you don't see it from the outside. You don't like a little wireless modem you stick in the USB. You don't see it that way. You don't see it because there's no Ethernet cord plugged into it. What it does is tap into the normal cell phone network and data network that's out there, and it's virtually undetectable unless you open up the chassis and peek under the hood. And so all three of these things were released a couple of weeks ago in that return of brief, and not a peep coming out of most media outlets. So Mm-mm. you're you're uh, you're in a very select group there, Sandy. So thanks hey, for helping Pat. get the word out. Let me, let me repeat this back to you in my, my lay terms here. So you three different things. Yeah. The software is wired so that it, it makes sure you have the same demographic. You, they control. In other words, it doesn't matter what the county actually, who lives there, they change the demographic to suit uh, whatever it is, their outcome, that, whatever outcome they want. And then well, on the heart. What they're doing is, yeah, they create a little credit line for them later on when they stuff the ballot box with ballots, they can play eHarmony.com. And just to make sure that they don't go out of bounds with what is real in that area, so they don't say that there's 100% uh, people over 80 or whatever, um, what they do is they make sure that they smooth the curve so that you've got some 20-year-olds, you've got some 30-year-olds, you've got some 40-year-olds, and uh, that's, that's what they're doing. They're trying to smooth the curve as a presentation of the data so that it matched the 2010 demographics. Uh, in the 2020, uh, 2010 census. And, and with the hardware, it's a, just to repeat yeah. what you said, in the hardware, then they have a little chip uh, that's ma- virtually connected them to like a phone network or to an internet network so that they can it, it can be ma- manipulated from outside. And so, exactly. But Pat, you know, you've done, uh, help me here, you've done, uh, in Antrim County, there have been like three different counts, official counts, correct? I don't understand this part. Four. And in each, <laughs> four, okay. And not one of them has come up with the same number. <laughs> Wow. 
But in all of them, in, in, except for the first uh, result, in all of them, Donald Trump came out on top by thousands of votes, correct? Yeah. Well, what we're trying to get to the heart of is what explained that first flip. That first flip from Joe Biden, which was a 7,000 vote flip of Trump votes to Biden votes. That's whatever, what we want to zero in on. And the official explanation for that does not hold water. And we want to understand, is that same flip that's going on that was discovered in Antrim County, because it was just so, so egregious, is that happening in all the other counties throughout Michigan? And is it happening not just in Dominion voting systems, but ES&S systems and heart systems? All the electronic voting systems are... They're all built on the same, they all use the same basic database structure, the SQL database. Do they have the SQL Management Studio itself? You know, the, the, um, the county where we found the, um, that uh, wireless modem uh, chipset embedded on the motherboard, that wasn't Antrim County. That was actually Grand Traverse County. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I, but, okay, so... <sighs> The various counties in Michigan, did they all use the same software voting machines? No. 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 There's three different vendors that are used in Michigan. It's Heart Systems, Dominion Voting Systems, and uh, ESNS. And uh, all of them have some of the same vulnerabilities. And that's what we're trying to demonstrate in Antrim County. This is bigger than just Antrim County. If you can demonstrate that these same non-certified software tools were evident in the other counties, um, that's grounds for decertification of the whole state, not just Antrim County. And oh, by the way, if you see these same things, these same quote unquote abnormalities or irregularities evident in other states, now all of a sudden they need to go off and, and peek under the hood over there and consider decertification of results in like Georgia, Arizona. They're going through right now a very intense audit in Maricopa County and they're getting all the people conducting the audit are getting threatened, which is another story in another cell. Um, and uh, and so this could unpeel the entire election because what we're seeing is evidence of theft. And ultimately, this all, these are all just well one-offs. So it ultimately comes down to what's the vote count and what's the change in the number of votes. Does it really change the election results? And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of evidence. You can see it today with the documentary that Mike's going to be putting out called Absolute Interference. And if you go to lindelltv.com, you'll be able to get access to that and check into it. I tell you, this is bombshell stuff. This is stuff that nobody else is talking about. And it's kind of like the, the tree falls in the woods doesn't make a sound. It feels yeah. like sometimes nobody wants to talk about this very substantive stuff. Well, we're going to talk about it today. Okay. So lindelltv.com, but uh, is there a certain time or it's just running in, you know, cycling through over and over again? How would people know what to watch for? It'll be cycling after it goes down. We're going to debut it at 10 o'clock Central Time today. Um, I'm actually here right now with, with the gang. We're going to go off and, re- and uh, reveal it at 10 o'clock Central. So check it out at uh, and that's 11 o'clock Eastern. Um, that's when Absolute Interference is scheduled to launch. And before that, we've got the other documentaries, Absolute Proof, which uh, I, I was in, and then also uh, Scientific Proof. Uh, which that scientific first tees up that first finding we had in Anson County with Dr. Doug Frank, where he found out that there's evidence of an algorithmic manipulation of the voting pool for the election. 
So um, there's a lot That's... of bombshell stuff here. So thanks for helping to get the word out. Oh, happy to do that uh, anytime. Uh, now, again, let me say it's lindeltv.com. We'll put that on our Facebook page, <laughs> assuming okay. Facebook does not snatch it down. Uh, but that's <laughs> they, uh, no. They immediately put a fact check on it and say that it, uh, it's has false. Uh, nudity and pornographic images on it, which is a complete lie. Oh, <laughs> they do of all they things. Do. Although I yeah. believe you, I believe you. We have to laugh at something, Pat. We just have a few minutes left, but I, I'm just to be clear. Uh, you are well qualified to look into this, and I'm sure Mike has hired other wonderful experts. But how about the the connection to uh, courts and law and any entities that actually could do something about this stuff? Are you having cooperation well, from local officials? Antrim County. That's why this is such a hopeful area. It is the fact that. We have a judge willing to consider the case, and he's going through the motions and hearing arguments. He's not just dismissing it on a process, you know, technicality or anything. He's actually looking at the merit of the evidence provided. That's why we have a lot of hope in Antrim County. And because this judge was one of the only ones that actually allowed us to peek under the hood and get a copy of the software that, and the data that was on these, on these machines, it's given us all these breadcrumbs to go off and, and uh, highlight how... Uh, this is really damning evidence that demonstrates how this election was stolen. So uh, we do have some traction here in Antrim County. That's why we're so hopeful of what's going on there. But we're seeing folks elsewhere, um, in like in Arizona, for example. Um, so don't give up the ship. This is uh, the truth we get out there, and we're doing our best to make sure that that happens. Well, you probably heard, I think it was Patrick Byrne, who was talking about um, some poll that he had seen. It was a national poll. He doesn't say which one that 64% of the U.S. population believe fraud was a significant or very significant factor in Biden's victory. So in spite of the control of the information, people kind of know in their bones that something's not right here. Uh, so, uh, But, Pat, one, one other question before I let you go. Um, you say a result could be canceled, and maybe the whole state should be canceled out if we find that this has happened in other counties, that the results are null and void. Uh, and that could happen in other states. But honestly, what effect would that have on the 2020? It wouldn't really have an effect at this point, would it? Other than there, people would know a, what the truth was. There's a, there's a term in law called uh, writ of quo warranto, which essentially makes uh, anybody who's um, won an election as a result of fraud to go off and show us proof that they were the valid winner of that election. Um, that is still an opportunity. To, this is a case where, you know, if you're in a... If you're trying a murder case, you don't sit there and say, oh, you know, that person's dead. It's a water under the bridge. Let's just move on and, and <laughs> go good. on with life, right? No, yes. you don't do that. And uh-huh. in this case, our country was stolen from us. Yes. And we have evidence that's going to be released today, 10 o'clock Central, absolute interference, LindellTV.com, where, I, listen, I'm a cynic on this stuff here. I'm a critic. So when I go off and look at data, I just don't accept it at face value. Yeah. I want to drill tons to make sure it's got a good pedigree. I'm telling you, this stuff has good pedigree. All right, Pat, we have to... The Chinese government stole this election. All right, letsfixstuff.org. You can find it. But this today at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time, lindelltv.com, to watch Absolute Interference. Pat Colbeck. Uh, Pat, thank you. God bless you. Stay safe. I don't mean COVID either. I will talk to you later. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here's another of our core values. AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, 
are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thank you for standing with us, and we thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As David prepared to face Goliath, Saul tried to outfit David with Saul's personal armor. But David didn't have Saul's armor when he faced the lion or the bear. And David recognized that he didn't need the armor to slay Goliath. Today, many Christians yield to the temptation to be hipper, cooler, even a little fuzzy on the clear teachings of Scripture in order to face the Goliaths of our day. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. We don't need a cool light show to be effective ambassadors for Christ. All we need is to offer what we have freely received. We know the transforming power of Christ because he has transformed us. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. The Democrats are determined to pack the Supreme Court to make sure they have more regressive justices than conservative ones. For their agenda, they need a majority of justices to ignore the Constitution just like they do. To jury-rig the Constitution and the Supreme Court, they're going to need four more activist judges. Regressives will not rest until they have unified control of all three branches of government. All that stands between them and tyrannical and totalitarian control of the United States is the conservative majority on the Supreme Court. Court packing is court rigging, and if we let them get away with it, our days as a constitutional republic are over, over, over. We'll have to say to Ben Franklin... You gave us a republic, but an answer to your question, Ben, no, we couldn't keep it. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. America's allies in the Middle East are responding to the new Biden-Harris administration's efforts to appease Iran by preparing for war. The right to do so, and their warnings should prompt an urgent course correction by the U.S. government. The most recent alarm was sounded by over 2,000 former Israeli national security leaders. They declared, quote, the Iranian regime explicitly and publicly seeks the destruction of our country and the toppling of governments of the Arab countries with whom we have made peace. Preventing Iran from obtaining the capability to build deliverable nuclear weapons and confronting the regime's malign activities are essential to preventing catastrophe, unquote. In other words, Team Biden's desperate push to renew a nuclear deal that assures the mullahs will get the bomb will likely compel Israel and Arab states to wage war to prevent that. Stand down, Mr. President. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. 2022. 
we have the House, but then you have, look at these states, Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, right. New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Ohio, Arizona. These are the biggest bellwethers for what, and I would argue, probably a precursor or preview of coming attractions for 2024. My question is this. Is this, should this now be the Republican Party agenda? Should anybody that wants to run for the House or the Senate, should they take this Make America Great agenda and fight for those things that you fought for the four years you were president? If they want to win, yes. We've expanded the Republican Party. You've seen, I mean, the Texas border. Uh, we have the biggest Hispanic vote since, as the governor said to me, he called me up, great governor. He said, since Reconstruction. I said, you're talking about Civil War, right? He said, since Civil War. If you want to win and win big. Well, and I didn't finish his sentence, but <laughs> I know what he was going to say. Absolutely. Is there anyone who doubts that? Uh, after, what, nearly 80 million people voted for President Trump, and they know exactly what he stood for, and they stood for the same thing, and they're watching their country be destroyed uh, by the left, you think it's not going to be a strong platform to embrace what President Trump stood for? Yeah, so that's kind of a, a um, kind of an obvious, and yet maybe not to some Republicans. But this one, my next guest certainly understands that Terry Dietrich is the chairman of the Waukesha County Republican Party. Terry's been our guest many times. Uh, Wisconsin had their own you know, travails during the 2020, after the 2020 election and before the, uh, the, ju the judgment on January 6th that President, that Biden was going to be president. They went through a tremendous amount. Terry was right in the middle of that. But since that time, they have taken the bull by the horns in a different way. And uh, we need to, I've been talking to you for some time about taking back your local governments and that this is really where our hope is, our local states where we live, doing, taking back uh, from the left what they have stolen from the people, really. Terry Dietrich, thanks for joining us this morning. Terry, did I say already he's the chairman of the Waukesha County Republican Party? Terry, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, Sandy. Nice to be with you. All right. So, uh, so bottom line, you guys started this thing called Wiss Red. Correct. And uh, and what was what were we trying? What was the idea? It was, it, 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 Red was formed back in November, just after the election. We took a good look at our county, Waukesha County, which is the largest red county in the state. You can't win the state without uh, a big number from us. And, and, and we literally, and I know you and I had talked about this before, uh, we looked at the most basic level in our county, did a very deep dive to understand what our school boards, our, our municipal boards, Aldermanic, et cetera, uh, looked like. And I'll tell you what, it, it wasn't as pretty as we thought it would should be as, as a red county, uh, especially those areas in our county that border Milwaukee, which is obviously a Democratic stronghold. Uh, we've been slipping, especially in our school boards, which I think is probably evident uh, nationwide. So so we, we initiated WIS Red with the sole focus of, of of uh, determining what our circumstances were at the local level only, then recruiting conservatives, uh, understanding who was currently incumbents, and and getting to know them and understand whether they were conservative or not, or whether they needed to be replaced. On top of the fact of open seats that had been left open uh, previously, we filled all of those with candidates over the course of November and December, and on January 5th, 
um, which was our filing deadline in Wisconsin. I'm proud to say that we filled every single uh, open spot and we ran candidates throughout the county. Uh, all totaled 118 candidates across the county for various positions. Um, and then we set forth uh, from January 5th until April 6th, the election, made it through the primaries very nicely, and then all the way through April 6th. And uh, happy to tell you this morning with some good news, we supported 118 candidates, all totaled in the county, and we won 100 candidates. So we won 100, <laughs> we lost 18, with a, with a uh, winning percentage of 86%. Oh my goodness, Terry! I have to compl- I wish I had the. La- I, when I was on radio in Chicago, I had sounds. You know, I could push a button and have you know a grand applause for you. But honestly, that Thank is just you. phenomenal. That is such an accomplishment. I think sometimes it's harder to do things locally than it is nationally because you have to really very get down so. in the weeds. It's very hard work. Uh, but but people very in Walk- so. people in Waukesha County were motivated, weren't they? They were, and the fa- I think the real driver in this was school boards. Frankly speaking, I mean the the the, uh, the the policies that have been attempted to be initiated over the last two three years are just not acceptable. Um, Antifa BLM uh, influenced in these school boards, just unbelievable. And, and as I mentioned before, and I think this is probably evident in a lot of the counties and a lot of states around the country, is the fact that you know what we found was we were losing ground not necessarily because we were losing in a fair fight where we had Republicans or conservatives running in seats. We were leaving seats open. And, you know, at the 11th hour, uh, 4.59 before a 5 o'clock deadline of the filing, the Democrats would walk in and throw a name in there and by default win. Uh, And so that's what we saw in a lot of our school boards, et cetera, was that, uh, you know, basically we didn't run candidates, and therefore these seats were left open and one got in, then recruitment of another and another, and before you know it, probably about 25% of all our school boards in the, in the county um, were majority what we would call liberal. So our WISRED program is very focused. It's very focused on the idea of winning 75% of the uh, races this year, and then again in uh, April of 2022, our statistics tell us if we win 75% or more in both of those elections, we will effectively have taken back every board and every school board in the entire county. So that is our mission. We're 50% there. We're halfway down the football field here, but we'll be coming back next year starting now to recruit candidates, uh, vet candidates, look at the races coming up, who's in there, who's, uh, who's vulnerable, and making sure we have the resources and the manpower to go and do exactly the same thing again. We expect that the, the left is going to come at us very hard, uh, we've already seen some very nasty things from them since the election. But the bottom line is we'll be prepared. We're planning to win next year and then beyond that. But we're going to take control back locally and our grassroots uh, business communities, uh, uh, church leaders, uh, school board members are very, very motivated to do this because this is a red county and we're not going to let this infiltration take place anymore. Terry, you and I have talked before, and my audience certainly knows, and many of them are listening. The people in Goochland County did the same thing in uh, Virginia, uh, the northern suburbs of Richmond, the suburbs of Richmond. Uh, And I I had the privilege of, uh, when they first did this, they brought me down to speak. This has been a number of years ago. uh, And they had 
turned their county around remarkably. Uh, the county had really been suffering under liberal policies, you know, in terms of the, you know, taxes and businesses and regulations and rules, mm-hmm. and they had been unleashed. And they, the county was beautiful. It was manicured. They'd taken over the school board. They, a business was thriving. It really transformed that area. And so, um, I'm, I'm guessing, I know Waukesha is a beautiful area. I know that firsthand. We've had that discussion. I love that place. Uh, but what, what kinds of things? Is there a platform for what you guys want to do? Sure, there is. And, and it's interesting because if I can connect in, you know, my, my uh, recent conversations with Senator Ron Johnson, who's a great proponent of what we're doing, he, he uses the term trickle up, trickle up, uh, <laughs> instead of trickle down. So yeah. the idea, very simply, is if we stabilize our local election process, we stabilize our local communities, obviously those individuals who are on our side, uh, believing in constitutional democracy and liberty, they're more engaged at this local level, which obviously, if we're successful at that, we're our next step, of course, in spring of 22, and then onward to November, where we'll have statewide races, we'll have uh, uh, federal races, et cetera. We'll be in a better position with that grassroots-motivated uh, group to be able to go trickle up to those state races in the federal. So he's very, very uh, supportive of what we're doing. But the bottom line is, is you know, this this local um, election process, this is very, very grassroots, and you know that. I mean, the bottom line is, is we, we did everything from the literature drops to po- postcards with the candidates' names and, and selling them as a team in a community. In other words, a person running in the uh, running for the municipal leader trustee position as well as a school board member or maybe an aldermanic. We sold them as a team at that local level and really got grassroots with this, followed the issues. And you know what? At the end of the day, the people spoke. I mean, it was overwhelming in our county. Uh, and and they're, they're frankly speaking, they're, they're, they're mad. And they're mad that this even got to this extent. And they believe very clearly that with the organization that we've put together, the resources, uh, and, and a concerted effort, you know, it, it, it's tough to run these races because it's really only about 90 days. You know, the filing date of January 5th, and you really have to be loaded for bear on by March 1st, and you're running right through April. So it's uh, something that takes a lot of organization. You have, in our case, 100 candidates, 118 candidates, but somewhat it's like herding cats. They all have different issues at their local level, but you have to be supportive and very uh, customized in what you're doing, but yet have a platform across that they can all buy into. So we, to answer your question, we did have, at least on the school board level, we drew up a countywide uh, education and school board platform that was adopted by all of our candidates, which was probably 60 or 70 of candidates out of 118. So they all adopted. They actually helped write this platform and accepted it. And then from there, we circulated that around to, oh, I think, over 60,000 people in the county. Um, electronically and also literally liter- literature drops, uh, bringing to the forefront our platform and our key issues that we wanted to concentrate on. So this grassroots aspect of it was very, very important to us because we knew that as a red county, a 70, 30, 60, 40 ca- uh, red county, we knew that it was about getting our base out. It was not about converting Democrats or liberals in our county over to our way. It was about getting our red vote out. So we went to low, medium, and high propensity red voters, Many, most of them Trump. 
supporters. We went to them, we engaged them, and we got them to come out in the spring election where uh, typical turnout is somewhere in the 15 to 20 percent range. And we have, and, and this, this year in this spring election, we were over 35 percent. We knew that that would be the driver of getting our red out. Once we did that, we knew the Dems didn't have the numbers to beat us. Yeah. Hey, Terry, I think the next uh, logical thing, people are listening and they want to do this. I, I, they ask me, people ask me all the time, what can we do? And I say, you know, or, or, it's, it's really on the local level now. It is. It, was, it has been for some time. Goochland figured that out several years ago before we got into this mess. Uh, but um, yeah. we have lost control because of the very thing you talked about. We have been raising our families and working in our businesses and being good citizens in every way except our responsibility to, uh, in a free society to elect good people and to pay attention to governance. We've just left that to others, and that's why we're in this mess, and it's time to take it back. But, Terry, uh, is there a template? Is there, have you guys thought about doing seminars to help other states to kind of a pattern? You guys had such uh, – you talked about you did a master voter guide for all the red candidates. You did n- enormous, very clever, but also just very grassroots, plain stuff you did. Uh, but is there a template for this that people could use? Is there a way? Are you going to do a seminar? What's next? We would, we would love to. So, uh, Sandy, i got to be honest with you. The first step was to prove the model and prove the metrics here in Waukesha because lots of people out there talk, and very few do. That's the bottom right. line is we're doers. Yes. And, and so all of that template we put together, and thanks very much for bringing up the voter guide. This voter guide was incredible. We've had feedback from so many voters, so many uh, members uh, of the county party and uh, other, other organizations around who said, Terry, this was the best thing you've ever done in this county because we didn't know who to vote for. We weren't focused. And you gave us that guide. It was, it was really, and it went one to many. It was fantastic. So the bottom line is, yes, we have a complete template. Yes, we would love to be able to take this out of Waukesha to, to other counties and other states. No problem. We're an open book here in Wisconsin. I'd love to be able to share this with people. Okay. Uh, if I'm invited or if there's a, a, an organization right. I could connect up with in a state or a region or even okay. down to a county level, right, we're out of, we'd be we're out of t- You'll do it? All right. That, and so people should get in touch with me if they're interested, and I'll put you in touch with Terry. Terry Dietrich, Waukesha uh, chairman for the Republican Party there. That's a conservative Christian area, uh, not just Republicans. They are conservatives, love the country, love this Love this land. And so, Terry, congratulations. What great news. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.